0: We
1: have bills to pay. There are responsibilities as parents, as grandparents, things as students in your life. And and so life gets overwhelming, and it's in those moments when we get away and we can focus on one another. And, And so what are we learning
0: from that? We need to do that more often. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multigenerational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis
1: scripture's clear about this commitment to wait, but that in no way stifles the pleasure and passion that is a reality in our lives. So even if you're single, God says you can anticipate the good things that he has in store. I mentioned last week, I'm raising four boys and I I have to remind them from time to time, hey, welcome to normalcy. These desires, these passions you have, they're a part of how God made us. What we want to do is make sure we're submitting them to his glory. If I'm married, then I want to live with anticipation and I want to begin to understand that, hey, if that's not there, again, there must be some problem in the health of my marriage. Let me illustrate that. Again, I'm having fun. Uh, and so I'm thinking of things I haven't shared. Billy Graham was asked at the end of his life, Before his wife died, Miss Ruth, he was asked about their marriage. And this is what he said We're old. We don't see good. And we don't hear good. But every day, we just look at each other and make love with our eyes. That's Billy Graham. If there's not anticipation, regardless of your age and stage, and you're in a marriage relationship, something's off. So look at verse 8, the voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. He's a stud. Behold, there he stands behind our walls, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. Now, this is not a stalker. (laughs) This is not peeping Tom. This is more like Curious George. This is the way I was in seminary. I I began to, when we first met, learn Kimberly's class schedule. Some of you guys are doing this. I know it. And you're thinking, all right, I need to be standing here when she comes out so that I can see her and perhaps I can be seen. So that's what she's describing. He's, He's looking. I see his eyes. My beloved speaks. And he says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one. Come away. For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. Things are about to come to life, he's saying. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its fig. The vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one. Come away, oh, my dove. In the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. Now, this is poetic. And you have to use your imagination a little bit. But tell me that's not hot. That's steamy. She's saying it's springtime and she's anticipating the hot summer nights. But you know what I think? She doesn't once mention the physical. She's talking about intimacy. And intimacy has very specific meaning, and you can define it this way. It is into me you see. When you are intimate with someone, it doesn't have anything to do with being physical. Intimate is saying, I am able to speak into, to look into, to know into your life. And guys, the reason that list for many women is very different from that list of many men is because what they desire First, is not that sexual touch, it's not that physical relationship. It's that you see into their lives, that you are in them, that you are a part of them. And then when that is there, that stimulates that physical desire within them. And yet, too often in our lives, we become good roommates. And I have to tell you, when I look around the church, that's just not our church just specifically, but in general. That's where it doesn't seem like we're that much better. It's not, we we make a commitment to stay together and, and some are at least okay, happy, but they're roommates. One roommate has become content to be the gardener and the maintenance man, and one roommate has become content to be the maid and the cook, and that's not God's plan. It's more than that. Let me pause again and say some of you are in that stage of preparation. For you, it's winter because it's winter in your life. Your soul is still being prepared for what God has in store for you. And you don't want to rush the springtime. You don't want to go to a season that he's not yet brought you to. If you're still in that stage of preparation, despise not those days of anticipation. Look forward to his best for your life and ask him to give you grace and patience. Those of us in marriage, I want you to think about that season. Somebody said there's three stages in marriage. The honeymoon should bring a smile to your face. Actually, I was in Orlando first part of this week. I was with my brother and my sister-in-law. And we were there in a conference for a day on International Drive. And they said, it's hard to believe that over, um, goodness, over 35 years ago, I guess, they were married and and they honeymooned there on International Drive. They said, it's changed a lot. Well, that's what my brother said. Yeah, it's changed a lot. And you know what my, my sister-in-law said? She said, yeah, remember when you got so mad at me at Wet and Wild, you made us leave early? <laughs> so even honeymoons can, can be short-lived, right? So you got honeymoon, then you got disillusionment, and then you got obedience, where you say we're no longer in this because we just have this feeling that makes us think we're good for one another. We've we made a commitment. We've made a covenant to be with one another. And as we do that, we go through seasons, So I want you to think about the seasons. All right, I'm going to fly through this. Are, Are you in a summer drought? How do you know if you're in a summer drought? Well, the temperature is high and the relationship is dry. And you're in need of nourishment. Are you in the midst of a fall harvest? How do I know if I'm in a fall harvest? Well, you're reaping some rewards, but the nights are getting colder and darker. Are you experiencing winter deadness? Things have just become frozen and lifeless. Or are you where this couple was headed and where God, I think, wants us to always be aiming for in a marriage relationship, enjoying the springtime? Life's everywhere. Things are blossoming. They're blooming and fresh and exciting. If you're married, do that evaluation and then really ask the question do I want to stay in the season I'm in? And if not, what am I going to do to to kind of get into another season? And, And understand that. What am I going to do? You don't have the ability to change your mate. I should have begun this talk like my friend Charles Lowry begins. He has us raise our hands and resign as president and ruler of the universe. Because we really don't have control to change anybody but us, right? God doesn't want you to change your spouse. He wants you to love your spouse. But he gives you the ability by his grace to change you. All right, let me give you the last word, eradicate. Say eradicate. This is so cool because here they are prior to marriage. And I want you to hear what we believe is the words of Solomon. It could be her, but we think it's Solomon. Verse 15, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards for our vineyards are in blossom. Now, first I want you to see how he ends it. He's saying our vineyard. So, so in other words, this relationship that we have, it's heading into spring. It's alive. It's blossoming. So what do we do? Not in crisis, not in danger, not in the midst of everything's bad. Let's get a divorce. No, in the midst of things are great. We can't get, wait to be married. Our vineyards are blossoming. Let's watch out for what are the little foxes? Well, they come into the vineyards, and what do foxes do? They're going to eat the fruit. They're going to take away the blossoms. So we have to guard against them. We have to put a fence up. We have, we have to have some kind of pest control. Florida has a lot of pest. And some of them are ugly and scary looking. And marriages have a lot of pest. And some of those are ugly and, and scary looking in our relationship, Kimberly and I, multiple times, we, we've had to just say, what are the foxes that are, that are in our relationship? And one of the things we've discovered is that one of the foxes that, that gets us is busyness. And yet if a marriage is going to be successful, you know what it takes? T I M E. It's an investment of time. And so if we're not taking time for one another, it's like standing on a treadmill. We are going backwards in that relationship. And so last night we went out on a date and (laughs) we were just talking. I I told her I wasn't going to share this, but she was in the last service, but no, just kidding. I, I shared it last service too. But, um, I said, Hey, Think back, what are the happiest times? We're just talking. I started asking her a lot of questions because I wanted to be true to what I was preaching. And so we talked about our past in several different ways. I said, what's, what are the happiest times you think in our marriage? And she said something, and then we both agreed. Our, our happiest times are those times we got away. It was the times it was just us. No offense to our children. We love them. But life gets so overwhelming, and you can't escape it. We all have jobs we go to. We have bills to pay. There are responsibilities as parents, as grandparents, things as students in your life. And and so life gets overwhelming. And it's in those moments where we get away and we can focus on one another. And and so what are we learning from that? We need to do that more often. So how how can you do that? Three ways. You can celebrate every day. Take some time to pull away and celebrate each other every day. And what I would suggest is to do that by praying for one another. I always tell men if you'll end the day praying for your wife, there's no way y'all can go to sleep upset with one another. It just can't happen. If you take your wife's head in your hand and you pray out loud, oh, Jesus, thank you so much as I would for Kimberly. I love her. She is beautiful. You made her in your image in an amazing way. Thank you, God. But she's also so giving and she's a servant and, and she hurts, she's in pain. God, I pray that you'd give her physical healing. I I, I pray that you'd encourage her. God, I pray that you'd put people around her to, to lift her up. I pray that you'd bless her. Yeah, I, I pray that for her and, and say amen. She can't go to sleep upset with me. I, I can't go to sleep upset with her. We've celebrated each other in that moment of
0: T-I-N-T. If you've just joined us, You're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at missionhill.org. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at missionhill.org. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
1: and then date. I would encourage you to try to find a way to date weekly. That doesn't have to be expensive. Be creative. It can be free. You can go on a walk, but spend time together, and then vacate. What Kimberly and I are really talking about those times that we've gotten away, where we've been away just us, and we've been able to, to focus on one another and, and really give time to talk about our future and to meeting one another's needs. That's how we deal with those foxes. What are some of the other foxes? Well, spiritual dryness is a fox that gets into our lives. If one or more of you are are not spiritually fit, then that's a fox. Busyness, just as I said, finances. Oh, finances. Finances. As a pastor, I would just tell you that's probably the number one fox I hear about. Just stress over finances gets into relationships. Poor communication, outside interference. Mama, daddy, the girls, the guys failing to leave and cleave to one another, outside interference, a lack of intimacy, or harmful habits or foxes. So when pornography enters a marriage or, or when an alcohol or drug addiction comes into a marriage and, and, and one or more of the partners are, are in, taking things into their system to self-medicate and cover up uh, unhealthy emotions, that always becomes a fox. God's word says eradicate those. So here's the practical, right? That's true for every one of us, no matter your age and stage of life. There are things in our lives that keep us from giving our all to God. And you've got to decide, am I going to tolerate or am I going to eradicate those things that are not for his glory. All right, let's wind this down. Let me point you to two more verses. This is that key verse. Listen again, my beloved is mine and I am his. So she's gone through this whole thing saying, boy, I'm I'm so excited. I'm anticipating what's taking place. I'm willing to wait. Let's deal with these foxes. And then she says, but I am his. And then notice what she says. He grazes among the lilies. Until the day breathes and the shadows flee, turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle, or a young stag on cleft mountains. Now some of your translations say on the mountains of Bethar. Mine just has a notation in the English Standard Version and when you look at the notation it says or the mountains of Bethar. Here's a problem. You look on a map of ancient Israel or modern Israel, there is no mountains of Bethar. That's not a geographical statement. Bethar is a word. It's a word which means separation. So I want you to listen to this picture. She begins by saying, I am the lily of your valley. He says, oh, yes, you are. You're the fairest of 10,000. Then she says, all I can do is think about you day and night. My mind is all about you. What a man, what a man, what a man. And he says, wait, don't arouse love before it's time. And she says, okay, but, oh, I love you so much. I, I can't wait to be with you. I, 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 I'm excited. He says, wait, let's deal with the little foxes in our relationship. And then she says, okay. But just know, I'm going to my room, wedding day's tomorrow, I'm going to my room, I'm going to think about you all night long, and what I would rather is for you to put your head, listen what it says in the Bible, between the mountains of separation. Yeah, I thought you'd be quiet like that. You mean that's in the Bible? Yeah. And part of the problem in, in church life today is we've gotten so afraid to talk about things that are even scriptural. Repeatedly in this passage, sometime more explicitly and dire- directly, you'll hear Solomon talk about relishing in her breast. When he talks to in Proverbs to young men, he says, rejoice in the breasts of the wife of your youth. And that's what she's saying right here. Solomon, I want you so much that my heart's desire is to be with you all night long. Wow. The result and response is clear. When you become that mighty good man or that mighty good woman, it makes that person you want to be with, want to be with you. But it doesn't begin with that physical touch. That's where our society has got it wrong. I heard years ago about an interesting story in Reader's Digest. It's the story of Johnny Lingo. He's a man who lived in the South Pacific, and the islanders in that particular village in the South Pacific had a a practice. When a man wanted to marry a woman, he would gift to that woman's father a number of cows. And different cows were given for the different values of the women. So a high price for a woman would be four to six cows. But when Johnny Lingo picked a woman, he voluntarily gave to her dad eight cows. She was an eight-cow wife. And it shocked the village because no one would have ever thought she was an eight-cow wife. She walked around, she was skinny, her back was hunched over, her head was down, she didn't appear, appear very attractive, but she was an eight-cow wife. Not many years into their marriage, one of their friends came to visit, and he had heard about the eight-cow wife story. And so when he met Johnny's new wife, he was shocked in amazement, because this was a woman that was standing tall. She was confident, and she was beautiful. She really was like the queen of that village. So the friend said to Johnny, can can you explain to me? I thought I heard this story about the eight-cow wife. Feeling sorry for you. He said, no, I knew I wanted an eight-cow wife. So I gave eight cows to her father. And when she began to see that that was her value, it changed her. She changed when she saw her value through what I thought of her worth. See, when I make a decision to understand, I cannot change another person, but I can change the way I relate to other people. And, And I begin to relate in such a way that their worth is always heightened, where they think, I am my beloved, and he or she is mine. Then we make a difference. So, you know, there's some things all of us can apply here. For example, whether you're married, unmarried, or never married, or never want to be married, you can learn that others care about what you think. So live your life with the best interest of other people in mind. Don't be selfish. Make a difference. Jesus modeled that attitude of humility and care for others. Be like Jesus. Model that too. What if you're here and you're not married, but you feel like this is something in your past and this has drudged up some things? I would say this to you. If there's things that need to be confessed, spend the moment in confession, get right with God, and then make a commitment to go forward for his glory and begin now dealing with those little foxes even in your life. Because remember, the only person you'll ever be able to change is you. So this is a good time to start changing you. But if you're married... I would just say, hey, let's make some adjustments. In fact, and a lot of you don't have this option today. I don't have this option right now. But if you're next to the person you're married, I'd encourage you just to grab their hand, and squeeze it tightly, maybe touch that ring if they're wearing one, and then whisper in their ears, honey, if I had to do it all over again, I'd still do it today. And by the way, if you don't whisper that now, you'll probably have a lot louder conversation a little later in the afternoon. And if there are things you need to get right, maybe while you're holding that hand, don't pretend it's not there. Maybe you just need to whisper again and say, hey, I know, I know, I know we're not where we need to be, but by God's grace, I'm committed. I, I want us to get there. Or maybe you're, you don't have that liberty. Maybe your spouse is not with you today in this place, but you can find them later today and say, hey, I want to do my part. Maybe your spouse is an unbeliever. Don't uh, re- recognize you, you can't change them. It's only the Holy Spirit of God, but you can change you. And you can let them see Jesus in you. Well, I want you to remember that key truth. Jesus wants to be all that in your life, and so does your mate or future mate. Don't walk out of this room today without saying to Jesus, I want you to feel like you're all that. And if that's not the case, maybe you need to know these other truths. God created you with a desire for Him that nothing else in your life will fill. So don't go after the desires we've talked about today until you've zeroed in on what that desire for Him is like.
0: You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhill.org. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.